Hello, and welcome to the Foot School Podcast. I'm Andy Brummage. Even if you haven't heard of the ruler approach to emotional intelligence, you've probably seen those colorful mood meters in classrooms. Four quadrants, blue, green, red, and yellow, that allow a child to graph his or her mood along two axes, pleasantness and energy. Ruler is actually much more than a mood meter. It's a highly developed approach to social-emotional learning that holds promise for helping children to be happier, more confident and engaged, and stronger academically. This past summer, Foote took the first steps to adopt the Ruler approach in our school. Here to talk with us about this new initiative are three of the faculty leaders who are blazing this trail. School counselor Kasuth Bradford, learning support teacher Sue Shaw, and middle school math teacher John Hay. Welcome to all of you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. So to start off, the most ruler question of all, how are you feeling today? (laughs) I'm in the yellow zone. I think I'm probably in the yellow zone too. Yeah, I, I would say I'm teetering between the yellow and the red. There's a little, there's a little anxiety sneaking up in there, but a lot of energy and excitement as well. All right. Uh, Kasuth, can you start us off? In a nutshell, what is the ruler approach? The ruler approach, I would say, Andy, the ruler approach is really, a, it's, it's welcoming, understanding, and becoming friendly with your inner life. Um, it's engaging those emotions and feelings that I feel like too often we suppress and deny. Um, it's, it's reminds me of the, uh, I think of the Rumi poem when I think of the, the ruler approach. It's really welcoming all those various emotions and feelings uh, that we experience on any given day. Um, it's really about just emotional well-being when it's all said and done. Uh, ruler stands for uh, recognizing, understanding, labeling, expressing, and regulating. Um, and those, when you think about those five tenets, uh, they, they nicely encompass what it means to navigate and, and manage um, all the various feelings and, and emotions that we, we, you know, we experience in any given day. Sue, how and why did Foot decide to adopt Ruler, and what do you like about the approach? Well, uh, last year there was a committee formed, uh, Kasuth led the way, uh, trying to find a program that would suit our school, the K-9. We wanted uh, a, an approach that would satisfy all age levels, including teachers, and um, we wanted it to be accessible to everyone. Um, so the faculty that were on the committee, there were about six of us, uh, did some research, talked to schools that had various uh, approaches that they were uh, using, and um, we determined that ruler seemed to be a really good fit for foot. Um, it would allow us to uh, think about the students from K to nine. It gave us a common language that we could uh, use in the classroom and in the hallways. We are in proximity to Yale. The support that the Ruler program gives us is great because we have access to not only the training for the seven of us who are the, the leaders, but we also <clears throat> have a regular uh, appointment with a coach from the Ruler program. We met with her last week before our professional development day. We also have online access to uh, resources that we can share amongst the team and the faculty. 
which gives us ideas uh, on how to present them in the classroom. And John, this uh, ruler's been rolling out kind of deliberately, step by step here at Foot. Can you sort of describe the process of that rollout? Well, um, first of all, there was a, a core group of uh, faculty and staff members who attended the um, Yale training back in July. Um, and the idea has been that, first of all, we will uh, bring all, all of those ideas to uh, the wider school community um, through after school meetings and uh, professional development days. So we sort of learned a lot about emotional intelligence when we um, attended the training and also about the ruler tools. So the charter, which is essentially an agreement um, for the community in terms of how we want to feel and um, when we're in the workplace or in the classroom and, uh, you know, ways in which we are going to achieve uh, those feelings. Um, the mood meter um, for allowing us to express how we feel at uh, any given moment. Um, the meta moment, which allows us to or helps us to um, deal with our emotions uh, in the moment. And also the um, blueprint, which is for conflict resolution. So we sort of um, had an introduction to those uh, to those tools during our, our training. And then um, we met uh, before the uh, school year got underway um, and put together all of our ideas and then brought them to the uh, faculty and staff. And then just gradually over time, we've been um, you know, trying to replicate the activities and um, do as much as we can to help um, the faculty and staff feel comfortable with Ruler. Because the uh, general idea is that before, before we wheel this out to the students, that we f should feel as comfortable as possible um, with all the uh, Ruler tools and um, the concepts behind emotional intelligence. So we can just do a good job and we can be on point and not to, not to kind of uh, do it half-heartedly. So I think that's the, the main point that we were given when we attended the training was, you know, it's really important um, for the adults to, to do this first and, and, and to go through the process. And I think now we're getting to the stage um, where I think staff and, and faculty are, are, are feeling comfortable or more comfortable with it and uh, are starting to have some ideas about how they can introduce it into their classrooms. And it doesn't have to be everybody doing it once, just um, in terms of uh, the level of comfort when people feel ready, um, they can start to do that. But interestingly, um, we've just had our um, professional development day and that's when the faculty and staff came together to create their own charter and to discuss how they want to feel um, in, um, in the workplace and it was it was really in, um, interesting and neat to to collect all the ideas and it was it was tough to do it for a hundred people but we managed it and then also to discuss ways in which we are going to ensure that people um, you know, experience those feelings in the work, uh, workplace and how we can um, hold ourselves accountable to that. Uh, one of the interesting things about Ruler to me is that it's an evidence-based approach and so um, Kasuth, what, what does the research tell us about the importance of emotional intelligence in school and the connection between emotional well-being and academic success? Yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of more research that's been coming out of late that speaks to that. Um, there's a great organization called CASEL, um, and it's, it's the national epicenter of uh, social-emotional learning uh, research. And, and basically, social-emotional learning and emotional intelligence pretty much... Um, are the same concepts. Social emotional learning is really more for younger children and, and students and emotional intelligence is what you would really think of more for adults and things of that nature but they're very intertwined and, and um, kind of engage the same concepts. But um, CASEL uh, has done a lot of research around it and in fact most recently um, they did a meta-analysis of 213 studies involving over 270,000 students um, and what they found was that um, 
SEL programming increased students' academic performance by 11 percentile points. Um, it also showed that students improved classroom behavior um, and increased their ability to handle stress and kind of depressive uh, uh, thoughts and states. Um, it helped increase their attitude towards uh, their classmates themselves and school. Um, and there's been a lot of neat research in businesses now around the value of emotional intelligence is in the workforce. I mean, as we know, this is becoming a global economy. And so you need to be able to uh, work in teams and deal with people from different cultures and ethnicities. And so um, what the research is showing is you could be the smartest guy in the room, but if you can't collaborate and work with folks and have that emotional intelligence and understand how your own emotional states are impacting your interaction with others, um, you're going to have a, a, a tough run of being an, a, an effective, uh, valuable uh, member of a, of a workforce. Um, and there's been some neat research that has also showed that, you know, the IQ, um, the intelligence quotient kind of gets you into the job, but it's the emotional intelligence that has you rise up in the job. And so the more we can give our children these skills at an early stage, um, we're just preparing for a, you know, a workforce that's just becoming more and more global and um, requires those kind of skills. Sue, how will our students actually experience Ruler in action on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, um, on a day-to-day -day basis, they'll most likely be checking in on the mood meter. But before the mood meter even gets it put into place, um, the classroom will develop their own class charter. And that may uh, vary in the middle school, as they may do it as an advisory group or a grade level. But um, it's about having the children own how they are going to feel and and get those feelings in place uh, within their their classroom or their advisory group. In the lower school, in some classrooms, they've already put charters in place and have mood meters up on the wall. And the children check in a number of times during the day um, de depending on how they're feeling. and. Oftentimes you'll, you'll go into a classroom and you'll see a child is in the, the lower blue quadrant and that may be feeling um, a little down or it's in the low energy, low pleasantness area. So that allows the faculty member to have a check-in and see how that child is feeling and um, ask them how they can, where they would like to move on the mood meter and how they can help them get there. John, we started this school year by participating in a school-wide art installation called Suspended Moods. And this was a project where students and faculty were asked to reflect on their emotional state on a single day and then paint a bamboo stick with a color corresponding to that feeling. Um, it's now hanging in the sacred woods at the center of campus. It's a beautiful art installation. And I'm just curious, what was that experience like for your students and what kinds of questions did they have about the project? So interestingly, they didn't have a lot of questions as we moved through the uh, experience. Um, it was, you know, they, they kind of, they, they were excited to do the activity of painting. They were like, oh yeah, we get to paint. That's, that's really, that's really good. But what it did do was it, it, it opened up the conversation about talking about feelings and emotions and moods. Um, and it's a good time to do it because I think at the beginning of the year, um, 
yeah, there's a lot of different emotions flying flying around. You know, people are very nervous. There's uh, um, some students who are new to the school, or you know, certainly my students were, were new to the middle school um, as sixth graders. So, um, it really got us to it got the conversation going. So uh, beforehand, they had to fill out a little uh, piece of paper so they were able to get on with the activity, which asked them how they were feeling, and it also associated every mood with a color. So that was another useful thing as well. So they were then able to think about different emotions in terms of what color they they would uh, represent on the on the mood meter so if they were you know ecstatic for example if that's how they were feeling that would be yellow or if they were feeling uh, slightly down um, that would be blue so it, it kind of um, helped them to, to visualize that as well one of the things that um, a few of them have commented on when they've uh, seen seen the uh, display in the sacred uh, woods is not not only how good it looks but also how many different uh, feelings and emotions are, are up there um so it's clear to them that not everybody was feeling the same um, at the, the start of the year for, for obvious reasons. Um, and you know, what, what we can do um, in the future is we can sort of revisit that and say, well, can you remember how you were feeling at the beginning of the year compared to how you feel now? You know, how have, how have things shifted and why have they shifted? So, you know, really, I think it was a good way to get the whole um, conversation started. Um, and it leads very nicely um, into, into the ruler process as well. So, you know, as soon as... Um, we introduced the mood meter in my in my homeroom. Um, a couple of students said, "Oh, that reminds me of the activity that we did at at the beginning of the year, which uh, which was which was nice." And I also remember being um, here for the uh, for the uh, family fun day earlier in the year and um, watching a, a number of parents looking at, at the uh, display and commenting about how how nice it looked yeah. and also asking a few questions about it as well, which was which was also really neat. Kasuth, as John mentioned earlier, this isn't just our students who are engaged in this work. Our faculty is as well. Um, Last week, we had a professional development day for the faculty, and we worked together to create this emotional charter Mm -hmm. that John spoke of um, for our faculty and staff. Why is it important to engage the faculty in this work directly and, and maybe speak to why it's important to do it even before we roll it out to the whole school and every classroom for the students? Um, And I think, I think John spoke to it so eloquently and, and, um, correctly i you know the more we can as adults uh authentically and genuinely speak to what this process was like and um share uh or or be in tune with what our children are experiencing as we teach it to them and we uh, roll it out to them i think the better i think as as educators um we're often supposed to know everything we're supposed to present as the experts and usually vulnerability doesn't come in with being the expert or knowing everything. And so I think uh, the more uh, as we as, a, as a, the adults in the community can be honest with the children as we're rolling it out, what that was like for us to to be exposed to this and experience it and go through these activities, I just it's going to I think going to um, have that much greater impact and um, connection with with the students and it will just allow us to be that that much more authentic Um, i'm a big believer of self-disclosure in an appropriate way um, just to normalize what it's like to have to be vulnerable to express a certain feeling that you're not sure how your peers might respond to that or how they might view you um, as a result of you feeling a certain way and so the more as adults we're uh, familiar with that process we went through it ourselves i think we're just able to teach it um, and share it with the students that much better Sue, you not only teach at Foot School during the school year, you also teach in our summer program, which is called Horizons at Foot. And this is a six-week um, enrichment program for New Haven Public School students. 
I know you incorporated Ruler into your teaching this past summer, and I'm wondering what insights that gave you about the promise or the challenges of this approach in the classroom. It was really exciting this summer to be able to be the instructor for the faculty and staff at Horizons at Foot because um, they were 100% engaged in the process. They were excited about having an approach that they could use with their students um, to express their feelings, to help them identify them, and then help them move from one area on the mood meter to another. A lot of our Horizon students experience trauma in their life and um, have difficulty expressing their uh, emotions on a regular basis. So by the teachers and the, and, the, and the student interns being able to express their emotions and explain how they were feeling and model for the students, it was such a gift to our Horizon students. Um, they were the children were really excited about the mood meter and would run into the classroom and each child had a picture and they put it on the on the mood meter where they were feeling and more often than not they were excited they were in that high corner yellow zone where which is highly pleasant and highly energized but when those children um, when a child was feeling particularly vulnerable, whether it during a math lesson or a reading lesson, or if they'd had a bad incident out on the recess field, they would come in and they might not be able to use their words to express how they were feeling, but they would go over to the mood meter and slide their picture down into the red zone or over into the blue zone. And that allowed me, as an educator, to go in and touch base with them and try and have that conversation to get them to move from one area of the mood meter to the other. Inevitably, that child would, would make that transition, maybe not up to that high yellow quadrant again, but certainly over into that pleasant, green, calm area. It was really exciting. And all the teachers found it to be helpful in their classrooms. John, your sixth grade homeroom has been developing a classroom charter as well. What role will that play in your homeroom on a day-to-day -day basis? I think first and foremost, it gives them a little ownership in terms of how they want the ethos of the homeroom to be. Um, we, we talked a little bit about the charter and then we actually went straight for the mood meter before we created the uh, charter just to, just to get them to talk about um, how they were feeling um, in, in homeroom in the mornings and then how that changed throughout the day. And after we'd had the conversation about um, feelings, they were then put into to groups and they could, uh, they, they were given the opportunity to discuss how do they want to feel in homeroom? You know, for the, for the most part, I know feelings are subject to change, but how do they, what are the important feelings for them? And in their groups, we were then able to, um, to, to vote or actually I, I was able to see which words came up the most and just select it from um, from there it was a very very straightforward process and we came up with them um, uh, we came up with six words that's right six feelings um, and actually some of them were very similar to the ones that the uh, faculty and staff came up with there's you know such an overlap I guess no matter uh, what the age is of people the way that you want to feel in your environment you know it's, it's not not overly different um, and then we um, were able to uh, go back into groups and talk about um, ways in which we could uh, support people uh, feeling those ways, okay? Um, and once we'd come up with about 12, a list of 12 things, a list of 12, 12 ways, uh, behaviors um, to support those feelings, um, we're actually just now collating the results and I, you know, I've got them and I will, I will show the homeroom. But now, now this is for them. 
they can always refer to this. They can always um, think about this on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's something that they have created. There has been very little input from um, from myself or, or my co-advisor. Um, so it's really nice that they have come up with this as opposed to me telling them how they need to treat each other. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's all their own work. Um, so there'll be times when we can talk about the, um, we, we, we can talk about the charter, we can re, um, refer to it. And I, I hope we can do that in a positive and natural way from, from time to time. I'm very conscious of people saying, ah, well, you're not obeying the charter by saying that. It's, it's not really for those purposes. Although we can certainly use it during, um, conflict resolution but it has to be done um, appropriately but um, I'm hoping that we can also reflect on the um, very very positive things that it brings to, to our classroom um, and you know it, it just gives students that that degree of accountability they can you know catch themselves and and think about it you know where am I in terms of uh, in terms of the charter behaviors am I am I living up to that and, and I think having that ownership and, and accountability will, will be good for them. And I hope it will be it will soon be a very natural part of their day. On a personal level, I'm just wondering what each of you's learned about yourself going through this process with Ruler. So the thing that I've learned is that it's important to remember when someone asks you how you're feeling, maybe you're not feeling fine. And maybe that person wants a little bit more information and even if they don't want that information, then I at least have an, uh, an opportunity to think about it for a moment myself and say, hmm, maybe I, I am feeling a little down, or maybe this cold is bothering me, or maybe I'm really excited about being here today. I would say what I really, um, I think I've recognized the most having gone through this process of learning about Ruler is that there's actually pros and cons in each quadrant. I think historically we've always felt like it's bad to be in the red, it's bad to be in the blue, and it's kind of neat how they've been able to show um, and help me recognize it's actually sometimes it's valuable to be in the red. Um, they give the example often of like if you're at a protest and you're fighting for a cause that's really important to you, it's all right to be in the red. Um, if you're, It's all right to be in the blue if you're being empathetic and and, and consoling somebody who's going through a, a really difficult space. Um, it's not always great to be in the yellow if um, someone is in a, in, a, in a difficult space and you're all excited or happy or, you know, and, and while they're going through something really difficult. Um, it, it, to me, that was really enlightening and, and valuable because often we say bad, good, you know, uh, negative, positive, and the reality is they all serve a purpose. Um, they all have a value, all of our emotional states, and that reminds me once again of that um, Rumi poem, which I forgot to say was the guest house, but um, it's that idea of welcoming them, all of them because they all play a role and, ha and have a value in how we, you know, navigate life. And just to hop on the back of what you were saying about the... Um, perhaps um, the perception of the, the negative aspects of the quadrants. I think one of the things that's really stuck with me is um, really thinking about where I naturally live on the mood meter, which is actually, it's in the blue. And people say, oh, that means you're such a negative person. Um, maybe I'm a worst case scenario person in, in, in some <laughs> cases. Um, but it's, you know, it's helped me to really think about that and address uh, different reasons as to why that might be. And some of the things that I have to do day to day to lift myself out of there. Um, because when I turn up at school um, as a, a math teacher who's trying to make lessons engaging and exciting perhaps the the students don't necessarily want somebody that's going to be moping around um maybe you know i need a bit more energy and a bit more enthusiasm so you know there are definite shifts throughout the day that um that i have to go through but it's been uh, really good for me to analyze my my own behavior and to to find my natural state 
And the other thing that's really stuck with me um, personally is the meta moment part, which is um, how you deal with emotions um, when you start to sense them. So that very, very brief window of time that you have between experiencing the motion and expressing it it's just a few seconds and what you can do in those moments to um give a a positive or appropriate response and i i've been thinking about different situations in life a lot when i you know i think i'm very good at um collecting my thoughts and being calm and you know giving a, a positive um, appropriate rational response and then there are times uh, normally when I'm actually dealing with my own kids at home where it's, it's funny that window of opportunity seems so small seems to shrink and I I feel like you know I, I, I tend to get a little hotter under the collar uh, uh, quicker um, let's just say so you know it's helped me to really um, deal with those situations and, and think well how can I just react better in, in the moment so again it, it dials back to um, how can you work on yourself uh, how can you use this in your own life before you then think about um, using it as a, as a tool for, for children so I love the fact that it's a it's a two-way thing and it's not just something that the kids have to do we're all in this together. Sushaw, John Hay, Kasuth Bradford thank you for being the emotional Sherpas of the foot school <laughs> and thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. I should also mention there are four other faculty members who are part of the Ruler training team. They are Kara Hames, Amanda Diffley, Lara Anderson, and Kathy Pamelard. Foot School Podcasts are a production of The Foot School, an independent school for grades K through 9 in New Haven, Connecticut. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and review while you're there. It will help other people find our podcast. Find more information at www.footschool.org. Thank you for listening! Before we leave today, a Foot School vignette. Audio from Tina Cunningham's music classroom on a recent November morning as second graders learned The Silver Rain, a beautiful song about gratitude that the whole school sang at our fall assembly. The song was written in 1912 with words by the poet Alice C. Henderson, who was associate editor of Poetry Magazine, and music by Marianne Zimmerman. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.